0: This is Legacy Battle coming at you on YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts. We're also on Facebook. You can sponsor this show. Contact us in the comments section. Michael Adams here, creator of Legacy Battle. With me tonight, Gridiron Zone's own Brian King, Penn State Collegiate All-Star Kevin Adams, Ball State athlete Paul Havocott. And we're joined by a former NHLer who played 15 years in the NHL with the Flyers, Rangers, Bruins, Kings, and most notable, the Pittsburgh Penguins. He hit that magic number of 50 goals twice in a season. He's uh, made the all-NHL team. He was a two-time all-second NHL team. He's a two-time Stanley Cup winner, and he's currently a scout with the Penguins. He also has a charity. You can go to powerforward25.com. And it's a not-for-profit organization whose mission is to raise awareness, increase prevention, and end the stigma of addiction. They aim to create and utilize student education, prevention programming and outreach that provides high risk communities and struggling individuals and their families, the education and resources they need to overcome addiction and and power forward. And if anyone who's familiar with Kevin Stevens' story tonight, then you know what that's all about. You can check out the video Shattered on YouTube, fabulous. It is a great video, you wanna check that out. So three time NHL all-star Kevin Stevens. Kevin, thank you for joining us
2: tonight. No, great. Thanks for having me, guys. This seems, uh, seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's good. It's all good stuff. You know? it's just, it, going back to the 90s, it's always good to go back to the 90s.
0: We, yeah, we, true. We yeah. brought back some good memories for uh, Grant Jennings, too. He was he, he was loving it when we had him on. And so. To have me
2: on, huh? yeah, he's a piece of work, Grant, eh? <laughs>
0: and, and even Reggett, you know, he, he, he wouldn't yeah. bash anybody, so that was kind of nice. But, yeah, right. uh... He's a good guy, too. Those are good guys. So we'll talk to Kevin after the debate about his career. Tonight's debate is the greatest line of the 90s. And just so we don't get anything confused up, we're going to call Kevin Adams Adams tonight so we don't have two Kevins getting called out here. So, <laughs> so we're going to start tonight with the line of Larionov, Kozlov, and Fedorov.
1: All right. So this is uh, three-fifths of the Russian five line from the Red Wings. Um, they were together from 95-96 to the 99-2000s season so five seasons. Uh, Larry Onoff he was known as the professor because he was such an intelligent player. Uh, he surveyed the ice very well. he was great on the power play as well as on the penalty kill. Um, per season he averaged 13 goals, 44 assists, 57 points plus 20, four power play goals and three game winning goals per season of these five seasons we're talking we're talking about so very productive player. Kozlov, he had a blistering shot that he could pass right by goalies. Uh, per season, 26 goals, 27 assists, 53 points, plus 18, six power play goals, four game-winning goals per season. And then we get to the man Fedorov. Uh Superb skater. He set the record at the uh, NHL skills competition with, 50, with a 13.51 uh, second time. Um, for the for the, uh, fast skating contest. And then he was a great shooter. He won the fastest shot competition. Uh, his shot was clocked at 101 miles per hour. Uh, he was a great defensive forward. He won the Selkie Trophy twice. Um, he missed most of 97, 98. So excluding that season, he averaged 24 goals, 43 assists, 74 points, plus 23 eight power play goals and six game winning goals per year. And he was absolutely clutch. He had uh, 20-plus points in four consecutive playoff series. Uh, He has seven game winning goals during the span of the time we're talking about. Um, And so, all together, these guys were a major part of three Stanley Cup final teams, uh, and they won the Stanley Cup twice together.
0: So, so Kevin, this wasn't their first line. This was actually their second line. But even though we're only talking about the forwards, can you tell us what it was like to play against the Russian Five?
2: Yeah, yeah, those guys are special when they came in. You know, they kind of changed, uh, you know, they, they, like you said, this line here. You know, that, that, Larry Anoff was kind of, you know, that guy, uh, the smart guy. He seemed like, you know, he seemed like he had, he was like, kind of like a Gretzky type. He was ahead of the play, like one, you know, one step ahead of, you know, everybody just the way he looked at the game. He felt the game. He skated the game. You could tell he was always under control. You know, always seemed like he had things, you know, under control. Which even if you don't, it seemed like he did. You know, and he. Uh, and then the defense, you know, with Konstantinov and Fedosov, you know, those guys came in and you know, they they they're just diff- they were just different. You know, they they had this aura about them that you know everybody knew about them. You know, and they came over here, and the defensemen were a little different because you know they weren't these fast up the ice type of player. They were the same type of players, smart. Played their position like, you know, physical, really strong on their skates. Could never, couldn't move them. You know, they, they, those guys are so strong on the skates, and they made that first pass. And they were always, you know, very smart, very intelligent players, and uh, <laughs> tough. They, they, that, you know, like I said, that was the second line behind Isman and those guys, and it's um, pretty good second line. You know, that's you know, you got to you got a second line floating around like that. There isn't too many second lines like that. You know, I think. Uh, you know, early in the first, yeah, the early 90s, was, um, I played with Francis and, and Mullen for a little bit on the second line, too. It was, we had a good second line, too. So it was kind of,
3: you know, if you can
2: get, if you can get a couple, couple of lines that can play like that. And Detroit was loaded with players, you know. It's, you know, those guys were just, um, you know, very smart. Fedorov was such a great skater. You know, he was a two-way player, like, you know, and Kozlov could put the puck in the net, you know, and that's, um, uh, they pretty much fed off each other and, um, uh, Tough line to stop. You know, that was, um, you know, obviously they won. You know, they, you know they're, they're a group that's, you know, when you win, it's, uh, you know, it pretty much puts a good stamp on your back. And they were, they were, they were a big part of it, you know. And great coach Scotty
0: Bowman, who was smart enough to put them together. Uh, Adams, let me ask you, because you're the biggest Red Wings fan I know. Is, <laughs> is, is there any weakness in that line of five? I mean, I don't know. We're only talking the forwards tonight, but. I mean, it just seemed like they were going to shut down everybody they played.
3: Yeah, no, definitely. And um, you know, I just want to point out Pittsburgh's my number one team, though. But <laughs> it was my second team. Um, but you know, that's—I mean—that line helped me. Uh, you know, I was one of those. I'm not going to lie, as a bandwagon fan back in the the '90s, uh, I actually took my jersey number from Federoff because that man could play. He could skate. His offensive awareness. He he played pretty good on both sides of the puck. Um, you know, you hear the Russian Five, you know that line is going to dominate uh, anytime that they're on the ice. Um, I believe it was uh, sportssters.com had listed them in the top 15 most electric lines in NHL history. Uh, and, and their performance showed why they should be on that list because they were dominant for sure.
4: Okay. Let's move on to the Legion of Doom. Okay, painful to discuss as a lifelong Penguins fan, but the Legion of Doom, probably one of the best nicknames in sports, Uh, originally coined by Jim Montgomery. I think it later gained steam by the Flyers announcer, Gene Hart. This was the forward line for the Philly Flyers, who played together between 95 and 97. The big thing, no pun intended with this line, was that each player was at least 6'2", 230. So, just to put it in perspective, it's like you're playing against three Kevin Stevens coming at you, or it could be three of our own Kevin Adams with three more Kevin Adams propped up on their shoulders <laughs> coming at you. But if you're facing these guys in 95 to 97, here's what you've got coming at you. you got Eric Lindros, 6'4", 240, left winger John LeClaire at 6'3", 230, and right winger Michael Renberg at 6'2", 235. The key trade that actually allowed this to happen was in February '95 when Montreal, I think, traded Leclerc with Eric Desjardins and Gilbert Dione. I hope I'm pronouncing those names right, but they traded him to Desjardins. Philly. Flyers. What? Desjardins. Yeah. What well, well, I said Desjardins. Yeah. Desjardins. To the Flyers for Mark Recchi and Philly's third choice in the '95 NHL entry draft. I think that ended up being Martin Hohenberger. And LeClaire, as soon as he gets to Philadelphia, he just seems to sink right away with Eric. And both just become like this scoring threat nonstop. So this line stays together in the 95-96 season, which would turn out actually to be their most productive. They end up doing 121 goals, picked up 134 assists. They play again in 96-97 final season, where they scored 104 goals and collected 131 assists. The production was down a little bit because Renberg had some injuries that year. Uh, But they lead the Flyers to the 97 Stanley Cup finals, collecting 26 goals and 32 assists in their playoff run. They beat the Penguins, Buffalo, and New York each in five games. And once they arrive to the Stanley Cup, they're upset by the aforementioned Detroit Red Wings. So, Terry Murray's contract. That that Red Wings loss, and, and we talked about it a little bit before we all got on. That that loss just blew everything up. So I don't. I like to know if they would have stayed together if they wouldn't have got swept in that. But Terry Murray, Murray's contract as head coach was not renewed because at the end of that, he basically accuses his team of choking in a cl- closed door meeting with his players following their six one loss in Game Three of the '97 Finals, which I guess kind of exposes, like, the fragile confidence they had despite the ease of getting to the finals. But he does, interestingly enough, remain uh, with the team as a pro scout and later on becomes an assistant coach. So I guess in closing, I would not want to face these guys. Awesome nickname. Not quite the outcome Philly fans would have hoped for with such a dominant line. Kind of fits sort of the, the ingredients of a lot of Philly teams – just kidding, but uh, yeah, that's that's the Legion of Doom. For my money, probably one of the best nicknames ever.
0: Great nickname, great line. Like you said, they weren't together as long as many no. people were expecting uh, out of those guys. So, Kevin, Legion of Doom. They a lot of they played a lot like you. Your style, power forward, going to the net. Tell tell us about the Legion of Doom.
2: Yeah, they're they uh, for my money that that was the hottest line to play against, the toughest line, the strongest line. Like Pitt and Philly, obviously, we had that rivalry, you know. And it was, uh, it was big, you know. That, that, that uh, I remember when I first got to Pittsburgh, we couldn't beat, we didn't beat Philly for ten years in Philly. Imagine ten years, you year. know, When, when <laughs> I went in Philly, they totally destroyed us. I'm talking about like physically, mentally, any way they could beat us, they beat us. And uh, but this line, for me, was the hottest line to stop and just in it, it because they all could skate. They all were strong. They all were tough. They all played hard. You could you know, you weren't going to scare any of these three off the puck. I'll tell you that much. You know, it's, it's, you know, when they go to the net, they go to the net. And it's, you know, I, we couldn't stop. And so, like, m- when I play, it was me, with me, me, Lemieux at Talker, or me, Lemieux at Yager. You know, that's a big, those are big lines, you know. And then, and, and that's a lot, like, when we're playing against that line, there wasn't a lot of room around on the ice. You know, there's a lot of big people on the ice, and there's a lot of, uh, Hard-nosed people. But, you know, for my – Melindros was just so – when when it, when is in his prime, he was so strong and so, like, you know, heavy, you know, and really a heavy guy to kind of, like, you know, knock off the puck. He was just – and Leclerc was the same way. LeClaire, he wanted to get to places. He got there. And, you, you know, there was – there wasn't too many D-men that could move him out of there. But, um, like I said, they got cut short. They, their togetherness, you know, the way – they should have stayed together. You know, that line was – you know, if you had any uh, – if you were in any meetings, you know, before game meetings with coaches and stuff, like, all we had to try to do was try to figure a way to stop those guys. You know, that every every time we played Philly, it was about one thing, stopping those three mooses, you know, and it was – uh wasn't easy. You know, there was they were a great line. And uh, like you said, Detroit took it to them at that time and it kind of, kind of put their path, like took their path on a different direction. You know, it took – you know, losing that series there, it happens sometimes where – you know, teams, they feel like got to break these things up. And, uh, you know, I thought they broke that guy's, that lineup. I don't know if it was injury. I don't know what happened. They broke it up pretty quick, though, you know.
4: Evan, it it just seemed like, to me as a fan, everybody knew, seemed to know that Eric Lindros was going to be great, like even before he got in the league. And then he was great. Is is that how you guys perceive him, too? It just seemed like everybody knew this guy would fit right in. Or am I wrong?
2: No, he he was a guy that – you know, like you hear a lot, you heard everything about him, but the draft and all the stuff that happened through the draft when he was uh, going through that process. But he carried, he, when he came in, he carried that weight. He carried that on his shoulders of being, being one of the best players in the league. And he was, you know, and he was, he was a very, he wasn't, you know, he was a different kind of breed coming in the way he played, you know, the way he he got his points and the way he, you know, took the puck to the net and skid. He wasn't. Lemieux, he wasn't Gretzky, he wasn't these guys that, you know, Eisenman, He wasn't that type of player. He was a straight ahead type, you know, bull that you couldn't stop. You know, he's so strong on his skates and so big. And, and you know, his stick weighed like twenty pounds. You know, everything he had everything he had on him was big and uh, yeah, he was a tough guy to so start. He you know, he came in with the tag, but he lived it, you know.
0: He helped Colorado win two Stanley Cups. Let's not forget that. Yeah. <laughs> Colorado's favorite player.
2: Brian, uh-huh. let me
0: let me ask you, it was your Red Wings team that, that stopped the Flyers that year. The Russian Five shut down Lindros' line. Was it just an issue where Philly didn't have the depth that Detroit had, and if you shut down the big line, they
1: were done? Yeah, probably. I mean, that was the biggest knock on that team, I would say, because, I mean, like Kevin said, you know, if you, could, if you were able to, to somehow minimize that line, you had a good chance of winning the game. Um, but and, – and then when I look at that line, it's just – it's sort of like one of the the big what-if stories because they were only together, you know, th- that brief amount of time, and they dealt with injuries. You know, imagine if that stuff doesn't happen and they stay together. They they might have been able to, you know, to, to get a couple cups. All
0: right. Let's move on to Stevens, Lemieux, and Yager.
3: All right, so I'm going to talk to you guys tonight about the skyline, and I'm not talking about one of the most beautiful skylines in America on top of Mount Washington overlooking Pittsburgh. I'm talking about the other skyline that was in Pittsburgh. That was the skyline of the six foot three, six foot four Lemieux, Yager, and this guy. I got to bring in the props.
2: <laughs> I'm <Bobble Staley>. <laughs> There are, man. I'm oh, good old bobblehead should I go
0: I got, I got, my I got Lemieux front. one? I got my
2: Lemieux one out there. Yeah, they're, 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 they made good ballads a bit. They were good. <laughs> <laughs> so these three
3: players, they helped. They definitely helped the Penguins win back-to-back Stanley Cups while they were there in the early 90s. Uh, in 2011, a Bleacher Report put out an article of one of the, from one of the writers of the top 15 most famous lines in history. This line was actually ranked number three on that list. And the only other line that we're talking about tonight was the Legion of Doom. They were on that list as well, but farther back. They're at 13. The combination of these three players was physically tasking for opponents. As Kevin had mentioned, the size, you know, his line was big. Legion of Doom was big. But if you do the combined heights, the skyline was actually bigger than Legion of Doom. Um, You know, and they could all score. All three of these players could score for the Penguins. Kevin, you added a very nice physical aspect to that line uh, to complement Lemieux and Yager. Yager was a young player coming up. Mm -hmm. HockeyWriters.com did a, a list of the top 10 NHL lines in NHL history. You guys made that list. Uh, the Penguins, This Penguins line was so dominant. Lemieux and Yager, most, one of the most exciting two-headed dragons to ever play the game together. And then Kevin, one of, if not the best left winger in the league at that time, added that edginess and physicality. He also had a scoring touch. They, this line struck fear in goalies every time they stepped on the ice. Uh, Sportsstir.com put this line number 10 on the 15 most electric lines in history of NHL. In just the 92-93 season, This line combined for 365 points. Kevin put in 55 goals, 111 points, 254 penalty minutes. There's that physicality. And that's what that line needed. Um, And Lemieux had 69 goals, 160 points. Kevin missed 12 games that season. Lemieux missed 24. Missed 24 games and still put up 160 points and 69 goals. Come on, he probably would have gotten 90 90 plus goals.
0: And beat cancer. (laughs)
3: Yeah. And be cancer. Yager was still a young player, but he put in 34 goals that season and 94 points. This led the the Penguins to the best season ever winning the president's trophy best record ever they did play two more games that season. Uh, They played 84 but if you take away those two games they're still in the lead for the best uh, season for Penguins history, though they played a short time together. if you take them, these three players, in that three-year gap of where the Penguins were the most dominant, 90 to 93, you combine their totals, 374 points, 800 Or – I'm sorry, 374 goals, 876 points, and 863 penalty minutes in three seasons. That is insane. This line, some are going to argue Francis, you know, on that line may be a little bit more scoring, but I disagree. I disagree. This This line was definitely dominant in the early 90s.
0: And Yager wasn't even at the peak of his powers yet, which is yeah. even more impressive. Kevin, you mentioned that sometimes you play it on that line with Tockett as well. I really liked it with Tockett on there because you had the physicality on both yeah. sides. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just tell us a little bit of, about playing with both Tockett and Yager on your line.
2: Yeah, I think, um know, yeah, kind of two different You know, talk was more of a straight-ahead type of guy and, like, you know, physical type. But another guy that, you know, could score like he gets to the net and you're not moving him you're not going to take you know not take any space away from him and he he can't you know talk was one of the, you know pound for pound I don't know if there's anybody was ever tougher than the league than him you know I don't think you know I don't think there was but you know you could do it all and then when Yara came Yara was more of uh you know he wanted the thing with, with me and talk was kind of like Mario kind of wanted the puck and he got the puck all the time like he was the guy that we tried to stuff into him you know he wanted, he had five guys on, he wanted the puck stuffed up as a butt, you know. He wanted he wanted it at all times, you know. And it was like, you know, finally, you know, when I was younger, I had a tough time really playing with it because I couldn't really say, you know, like I, he's not open and he still wants the puck, he's screaming for it all the time, you know. And it's like, you know, you just skate it, you shoot it off his back or something, you know. And it's kind of like, but he wants it all the time, you know, and it's, um. And talk with me and talk And once Yammer came along, Yammer wanted to puck a little bit too. You know, he likes, you guys all know, he likes to handle the puck just this, this like Mario. And so strong, like, you know, Yager. Yager, you could not knock off the puck. You know, he was one of those guys where if he wants to puck down low and he sticks his butt and his legs out there, you're not getting the puck away from him. And he, you know, he just had, he got huge goals for us when he was young, you know, in the Stanley Cup playoffs and overtime games when we're looking for, you know, he pulled that, you know, against Chicago and he pulled that one off the wall there and before 4 guys, you know, it's kind of, you know, he was, he was amazing. But the whole, the whole line and whoever was, you know, came on the wings that ran through Mario, obviously, you know, Mario was a guy, you know, he's, yeah, you know, he was um so, so great to play with. But, you know, it's, you know, he's demanding. Like the best thing about him and the big, the guys, they, that want points and score points, they, they, they 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 get the most out of you also you know because they don't want to stop they don't want to you know they're if they're up eight nothing they want to make it twelve you know because there's not many times where they get that time where they have a, you know point night or where they can go out and get like you know points and uh, I remember one game I remember the first game Talk got traded over to him and he came on out on the line you know we we're playing San Jose and that's when San Jose was pathetic you know so we were playing him out there in the Cow Palace and Talk came along you know so the first game he came. We ended up beating him – this is this is. – I'm telling the story because it's the weirdest game ever. We ended up beating him like 12 to 1. And this is when I was – I think I finished second in the league in scoring this year, and talk came over. He had six points. Mario had seven points. I had none. I played on the same minor with him, so it was like one of those things that <laughs> – it was one of the most amazing nights of my life. And talk will tell you, like, it was the most amazing night for him because he had a great night. For me, it was the most amazing night because I couldn't get a point. And that's when I was like – needed points. I was kind of – you know, I was like second in the league scoring – we beat him 12-1. My linemates had 13 points. I had none. You know, that was – <laughs> that, that was – that was – that was Talk's first game. And, that's, and he was – he thought it was going to be pretty good, and it was. You know, and it, like I said, it all – it all ran through Mario, whoever came on the wings. Like, I – it was kind of like Mario and me, and then we kind of switched right wings. We had Rex for a while. We had Joey mo a little bit. We had Talkit, and we had Nyama, you know. So it was um, – but I was very thankful and very lucky to be on that line. And, you know, he was a big catalyst in it. Well, Paul, as, as Kevin just said,
0: the right wing was what always switched out. The first cup you had, Reckie. The second yeah. cup you had, Tockett. The following year you had Jager. Mullen was in there a little bit too. Is the line with Jager on it the one you think that is the best in your opinion?
4: Yeah, as a fan and as I think statistically, I think that was the best. And I'm just proud of that back-to-back. We talked a little bit about how hard it is to do that. And I just – I was so proud as a Penguins fan for them to go back-to-back. In 2020, I actually sold my car. I still had a plate frame that said back-to-back 91-92 Stanley Cup yeah. champions. God, you know, it's 30 30 years almost, but that was a great line.
2: Yeah, that was fun. That, that's that, that, that Pittsburgh time, that time of the year. I mean, that 90s in the early 90s in Pittsburgh was one of the to be. I wish we could go
0: back 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all do, trust me. No. Yep. <laughs> you
4: ain't the only one.
0: <laughs> all right, let's 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 move on to our final line tonight. That's going to be Paul, Madonna, and Lenton. So I'm representing them. I feel like I got a, a high mountain to climb here tonight. I, I will say this. They won the Stanley Cup as a line. Only Brian's line can say that tonight. But they weren't the second line like Brian's line. These guys were the guys. They were the first line. They did have a a great second-line center in Joey Newendyke, but this this was the line. So, I mean, I can't glamorize the amount of points that they had because if I'm putting them up against the Lemieux, Yager, and Stevens that played in the early 90s as opposed to Trap Central in the late 90s, the points aren't going to be, you know, quite as high. But I'll say this. So, in 93, um, you know, scoring was really, really up. All right, but if you go to to 99, what we're talking now, Yager had 127 points in 1999. Well, that would only put him in ninth place in in 93. So different NHL. But, you know, you got Madonna, 34 goals. I mean, that's pretty darn good, 81 points. He was a plus 29. And then Brett Hall might be the greatest sniper, uh, maybe Ovechkin, but Hall, greatest sniper, in my opinion, in NHL history. He had uh, 32 goals that season. He only played 60 games because of injury. He's a plus 19. And then Yuri Lednin, he might be the guy that people are saying, who is that if you're not real familiar with hockey? But he had 20 goals himself. But this guy would go out there and he would win the Selkie or be in the top two or three every year he was on the ice. He's a three-time Selkie winner, and he was runner-up once as well, and then he was always top five. So just one of the best two-way players really in – I'd put him in top 10 in that category in history. I could only think maybe Bergeron and, and Ronnie Francis, who would be better than him. It's coming to my mind right now. But So Bleacher Report ranks Madonna and Hall uh, one and two, number one and two of the greatest American-born skaters of all time. And Barry Melrose, who I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Barry Melrose. I, he says a lot of stuff I don't agree with. But he said Paul Coffey – He's the second greatest skater, and the only reason he's second is because of Mike Madonna. So that, that says a lot. And I believe Mike Madonna is the fastest player we're talking about today. We had Dan Jansen on, a speed skater from Olympic gold medalists, who said Mike Madonna was one of the finest skaters he's ever seen. So that, that says a lot. He's going to be able to help out back and front. Ken Hitchcock him, taught him how to play some defense. I said you got Brett Hall sniping it from everywhere, letting him stopping it. Uh, you know, you go into the playoffs. Lennon has – he had four game-tying goals uh, in the playoffs that year. Madonna had one as well. But then, of course, you got Madonna with the game-winning goal, OT series clincher, game six against the Blues, and Brett Hall, Stanley Cup winning goal in – tri- triple overtime. Against- Kate was in the uh,
2: crease. Uh, okay. that, that That's that's hogwash. Got- <laughs> Thank God they didn't call that. Jeez.
0: Yes, exactly. And I was going <laughs> to yeah. ask Kevin about that. Yes. You know, in a minute here, but I mean, we all know, like I said, we all know that this line they had to go give out a hundred percent every night. You know, they didn't have a lot of depth behind them other than new uh, and and Lang Bruner good defense, good goalie, but these guys could skate with anybody. And I, I put them up against the lines that we have defensively and offensively for the time period that they played in um, put up quite a few points for 1999. So Kevin, l- let me ask you. I mean, Brett Hall maybe the greatest sniper of all time. We know how Madonna skates. Uh, Kevin brings er, – Adams brings up the goal, the Brett Hall goal in the crease. You were a guy who liked to go down there. Yeah. Get your face in front of the goalie. What are your uh, thoughts on that goal and tell us yeah. about the line?
2: I'm just like – No, like I said, I'm just glad they left that goal cool standing because that was – you know, he might have been in there by a foot, whatever, but it didn't cause any problems. And it was, you know, it was you – yeah. Know, they would have called that back. I think thank goodness they didn't. But like you said, I think On, I thought how I think Brett Hull was the best in my day. You know, Timo Solani, maybe Brett Hull, like, you know, those guys are pretty much, you know, pure goal scorers. Like, you know, getting 70, 75, you know, I think Solani had seventy-six his rookie year, you know. And Brett's the same way. Shooter, I don't think, you know, he could didn't matter if he had, you know, he played with Oates for a while, played with Janney there for a while in St. Louis. He's played with you know, now with there with Madonna on that line, like he's had some good centerman but he knows how to get open and he knows how to drill it, you know. And it's not like, you know, there's not a lot of guys that, that have that patience, you know. He was a very patient player where he could find he could find holes. And he, you know, Veskin can shoot it, but I, I honestly think Brett Hull can shoot him better, you know, than Veskin. You know, he can drill it from further out. Veskin kind of likes to creep in around the top of those circles. Thing. I think Hull can score from a little bit further out so he can really unload it, but... But yeah, that's a great line. Letting into like I said, very underrated player. I love Mike McDonald. Like he's you know, what, what what can you say ever say bad about Mike McDonald? You know, like what, what can't he do? You know, he can fly, he plays both sides of the puck. you know, he's talented as hell offensively, you know. You know, he's yeah. You know, it's hard to say, like, you know, we talked about all these lines. It's it's yeah, you know, how can you pick a part any of those early lines? You know, they you can kind of rate him and you kinda of, who you think's a little bit better, but I don't think any anybody would be happy if any of those lines are the top lines on the team anywhere, <laughs> even right now, you know. So it's uh yeah, that's that's you know, but know how it, and just, you know, he filled that role, like you said. He was he's perfect for those guys, you know.
0: We I mean, we had Darren Poopa on and he talked about how Brett Hall had the hardest shot he's ever felt. <laughs> so
2: yeah. yeah, he's uh yeah, he's he can rip it. Like he he could like he could unload it, you know, and then he could find like he's such a good goal school. He found those, he found those holes and they had, had guys that could get it to him. All he did was look for him. He just drive it in the net, you know, it didn't take him much.
0: Adam. So let me ask you, it, it seems like when you, when you look at the nineties, this line kind of flies under the radar a little bit. Why, why, why do you think that is?
3: Well, I think it's also because it was later in the nineties, it was 99. And, um, I mean, you got two great players for sure with Paul and Madonna. Um, and it's a shame that they probably didn't get more years together because I think they would have probably done a lot more damage. Um, but Dallas, you know, they, Dallas wasn't really a, a big market uh, when they first got there, you know? So I think that also kind of had them fly under the radar a little bit as well. Um, but with Madonna and Hall just alone, I mean, that, <laughs> that's a scary line. And like uh, Kevin said, Hall's, Hall's shot was amazing. Um, and he, he, Talked about Ovechkin. Ovechkin, uh, I just feel Ovechkin likes to just creep in the back door and wait for the pass to come to him mm. on the power play and fire a slap shot to the blind side of the goalie. Um, Hall was doing it while the goalie was looking at him.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. <laughs> True. Fair enough. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on to our vote here tonight. Each of us going to get a vote, and then we'll have our Q&A for, for Kevin about his career. Paul, let's start with you.
4: Can't vote for your own, guys. Yeah, I can't vote for my own. So I'm happy about that, actually.
1: I'd vote for uh, Kevin Adams' uh, Pen's line. Okay. Brian, go ahead. Well, I'll tell you that, that Penguins line, whenever they got going, I mean, they could score in bunches. So I'm going to go with them. Okay. Yeah, you guys are all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, Kevin, go ahead.
3: I am going- uh,
0: Or I'm oh. sorry, Kevin Adams. Yeah. All right,
3: sorry. Um, I'm going to go not because they were my second team, but I like to go by championships and uh, Detroit. They had more championships other than the Penguins than these other lines. Uh, Philly didn't even get one. Um, So I'm going to have to go with Detroit.
0: Okay. One for the Russian five. So that takes it to me. Wow. Um, Here's the thing, man. I, no offense, Kevin Stevens. I love you. I love Lemieux. I love Yager. I, I spent my almost 24 years in Pittsburgh, and I became a hockey player because of you guys. But if I want a goal, you three I'm putting out there. But if I want to stop a goal, I'm not sure I'm putting – I'll put Lemieux out there. But I think you and, uh, you and Yags – no,
2: Don't put me out when you guys start talking about those clusters.
4: Yeah. <laughs> you and beyond like, be the bench. I,
2: have, I don't, I don't think I ever got an empty net goal. Imagine. I haven't never been, I didn't get one. crestie <laughs> had like 99 of them. Yeah. So ah, they pulled they, they pulled me back on that time. <laughs> I,
0: I love the Russian five, Brian, I do, but um gosh, that that leads in a doom line. That 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 was pretty unstoppable for a good time period there, uh, when they played. They they, they single handedly took that team to the cup in my opinion. something I think uh the other skyline with Francis Jager and Lemieux would've done in ninety five had uh, Francis not broke his uh leg there in that final series, but um, so that takes it to you, Kevin.
2: Yeah, I, I you know, the biggest thing I, I, I guess I can say is that I played, you know, we were in Philly's division. We played eight or nine times a year, whatever it was. And we had to play that LaClay-Lindros-Renberg line for a couple of years. And, um, for me, that's going to have to be, the, that, that's my choice because I, you know, the Detroit line was great. And the other lines, you know, I, we didn't play them all the time. I didn't see them all the time. I didn't have to try to stop them all the time, you know, and trying to stop that LeClaire-Lindros-Renberg line was was a full-time job every single night. And uh, so I'm going to take that line, the Philly line.
0: All right, so that's one for the Russian Five, two for the Skyline with stevens Lemieux yager and two for the Legion of Doom, Lindros-Claire-Renberg. Kevin Stevens voted for the Legion of Doom. So in the tie, the tie goes to the celebrity guests. So Legion of Doom is our winner tonight. All right. Paul with the victory. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Let's move into our Q&A. Paul, you got the win, so you get first question.
4: Yeah, this one's kind of, a, I think, maybe an easy question, maybe a hard question. I don't know. You played with both Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. So, for me, I think that's one in two best players there. I wondered. Since you, from your perspective, because everybody's got their own opinion on what they were like and all that, but from your perspective as a player and a teammate, did you find, you know, similarities with those two differences? Anything you'd want to share that you felt like uh, they both had or something that, that was different about them?
2: Um, first of all, i like to say, like, you know, they're both phenomenal guys. Like, you know, for superstars, like, for absolute, like, superstars, like, you know. They're just like they're like us. You could go have a beer with them and you wouldn't even know they were Gretzky. You wouldn't even know he was Lemieux, you know. It's the same. And I don't know if you can do that for other sports. I don't think you can. But two two of the best guys and the best um, they kind of handle themselves the same way. They they were very um, very, uh, you know, driven and very wanted to be the best all the time. Like I said, like when it was eight or nine nothing, they wanted twelve or thirteen nothing. They you know a lot, a lot of people aren't like that, but they are very well driven and and very smart they thought the game the same way and they, and they prepared the same way they you know they uh, both worked very hard at what they wanted to do And you know I I love them both I love Gretz I I played with Gretz toward the end of his career you know and he's you know phenomenal guy and love you know love seeing how he prepared and even at the Atlanta I remember like you know we were at the Rangers we weren't winning much we we're supposed to win and like you know we'd skate you know our coach would skate us to death and, and he'd always say you know Wayne you can you can, you don't have to do this, you know, you're 40 or whatever, but, you know, but he'd be right there with us the whole time, you know, he'd see, you know, he would never, and that's, that's, that's what makes those guys special. You know, they, they, team, they're a team guys, you know, they're, they're, they're the best individual hockey players that ever play, but they're more team guys than, you know, people realize. And, uh, just both great guys. And like I said, I, you know, regrets getting 212 points. Think about that. 200 and something points. And I remember the first night I came into Pittsburgh and I, uh, I wasn't playing. I came in during the game. And I heard they announced Mario about his 89th goal of the year. You know, but like that was like you know, 89. You know, that's, you know, it's 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 mind blowing what those two can do. But uh, very lucky to play with both of them. I consider them both good friends and uh, great guys too.
0: So I want to take you back to the first Stanley Cup run. You guys go into Boston. You lose the first two games. Mm-hmm. You go out to the Boston Papers, and, and from what I've, Grant Jennings said, you told the team to, you guaranteed you guys were going to win four straight. What, what, yeah. what was what was going through your head that Beijing you know. did? Do you know I
2: don't know really what was going on. I was so mad after we lost. I remember game two, where we are we up 5-3, and uh, they called two penalties. Uh, two penalties on us to put us five on three. Five on three and he, three. he gets two goals. Memory makes it 5-5. Five, five. Then Rashitka overtime. Yeah. Each the scores and I was kind of behind them. I was like the puck the puck actually went over the goal line by about this much. it kind of rolled over off. So it was kind of like when the light went on the you know the garden exploded as usual and you know they beat a six five that night. So kind of going back into locker, I was really mad more than anything. And it was kind of like, you know, when the media got to me, I kind of said, We we're gonna win the series. There's no we're gonna win the next four games in an uh I knew we were going home. I believe we could win the two games at home. I believe we were going to, you know, we weren't going to lose the next game. And we did that. And then we uh, then we came back and, you know, we won our two games at home. Then we came back five. And I, I think the guys, the guy, I, I didn't say, I think the guys kind of rode with it too because they were they were kind of like the same way. And I, I don't think anybody said it because I just had a bigger mouth than most of those guys. So it was kind of like, you know, I said it and, uh, and and it worked out that way. You know, it's, I had a big game five in Boston. That was the best game probably I've had in the play. I had four goals. We could, with 2-2, with two, two, I came back to Boston. I got three in the first here in game five. And we ended up beating them 7-2 there. And then we came home and beat them like 5-3. So it was uh, – the Bruins were always a tough out for us because they, we played them all every time in the uh, – both times in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know. You got four against them the following year, too, in the yeah, they, It was always – yeah, they were um, – you know, we had some good luck with them, but they were uh, – they battled us pretty good, you know. We had a, we had a fight they, they had, you know, like, we had guys, you know, that could take, you know, Bork was plays a ton of minutes, you know. So we had, you know, Erie and, and Phil Bork and Long, We had guys that go after the whole game. So it was kind of uh, was, uh, yeah, it was fun. Those, those were good times, you know. Those were good games. Brian, good. Uh, one of my favorite games
1: in Penguins history was game four of the 91-92 Stanley Cup uh, finals against the Blackhawks. Um, you had a goal and two assists in that game. I mean, I really got the sense it was really intense and, and wide open. Um, what do you remember about that game, and, and how did it feel to hoist the cup uh, for a second straight season?
2: Yeah, that was, uh, that was a crazy game, Game 4. Like, that was um, the first cup or the second cup you're talking about? The, the, the second one. Yeah, against Chicago. That was, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was crazy because the game before was one to nothing, right? So uh, I think I scored. The goal went off my skate, like, way up high, and I went in somehow. Game 6 – I remember what Dirk Wayne had three in the first period. Like, they came out. They opened the whole play. Yeah, you know, Belfour started. Hasse, I remember I got a goal. And A couple of guys. We we just kept trading goals. It was like you know it was like three three after first. It was like crazy. You know things were going crazy. And then uh, I remember uh, Hassock was a backup in Chicago then. You know so Belfour started, brought Hassock in. Like you know Keenan was a coach, so he's he's, he's changing the goal. He's like the, the wingers. You know so he's, they're all they're all over. I remember. I remember Take honestly, I remember that game. I, I got the puck like around the red line. I thought I had a breakaway. Hasek came out. Hassock was at the blue line. He hit me. Like, I actually thought I ran into some fan or something. because I knew – I saw everybody. <laughs> I saw the whole play. I, everybody was in front of me. You know? There was no one behind me. I was coming up late and the puck squirted out. And so, when I turned, he was like right there. He was a great skater. But he was – uh, yeah, that was a phenomenal that, – that game was exciting. That was um, – when you can get open up like that, I know like the first time we won, the first Clinton in Minnesota, we won eight, nothing, you know, that, that, that last game, you know, it's crazy. The last games and that game was slapping down the ice, you know, fun. That was a fun one.
3: Kevin, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so I wanted to uh, take you to uh, your nonprofit organization, Power Forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you're, you're, Kelly and I have been, you know, emailing back and forth and uh, she had mentioned that you guys, uh, you know, started it, she's, she helps you out, she's the CEO for yeah. that organization, so what does that organization mean to you, and how did it all come about, and
2: get started? Yeah, it came about, actually it was, um, it means a lot to me, you know, obviously, like, addiction is part of, you, you guys all know, um, that was part of my story, I know, you know, I know what it's like, and I know what people to go through to, like, you know, it's hard, you know, once, once you, like, for me, it was, you know, I never even tried it, I never even knew what drugs were, until I was 28, and I got hurt there, and I tried, And I got stuck on that pain stuff you know and and I I didn't even know I really didn't know like you know what I didn't know I thought it was you know and so then it led to other things obviously but that was the first time I really you know that thought of but I know when people are stuck and I know how hard it is you know to stop it you know once you get to once you get stuck and then um my sister luckily was retired and kind of the same time, you know, we we're trying to start this thing and she's been a huge help. She's done like most of the work, but I just have to show up to places and, and support people and, and just try to get the message out there, you know, because it's, um, people don't like talking about it. Obviously it's nothing like, you know, and, um, my story's out there already. So it's basically, you know, I don't really have anything to hide. The only thing I have to do when I speak to people is tell the truth what happened, you know, I, I didn't know anything about anything, you know, and and then one thing led to another. And I was like, yeah, you wanted someone's life when that happened to me that, you know, I won two cups in a row. My life, you know, hockey was everything. I never, you know, if you would have said one thing that, you know, I would have put in front of hockey, I would have said, you're crazy. There's nothing in the world that, you know, that could have done that except that, you know, and that's how powerful it was. And it wasn't wasn't really about willpower. There was none of that, you know, addiction to addiction and it's a disease and, you have it. You gotta. You better find a way to stop it. You know, it's um, not a lot of people. You know, luckily not everybody. People have it, but if you have that gene, you have that thing, and you activate it, then things are gonna. Happen. So I basically, I just go out. I talk to a lot of schools. We try to help people that are um, that need to get into treatment or need aftercare. Like they go to treatment, they need somewhere to live afterwards. And um, so it's been good. And, you know, obviously this pandemic's kind of put it on a little bit of a hold, but. Um, it's been good. You know, it's been good. It's been good for us. And I got one of my buddies is, um, he, he was an ex, he's an ex flight. This is a pretty good story. He's an ex flight attendant. And he, uh, he was on the plane right before he flew from California to Boston and his friends were on the plane the thing hit the tower September 11th. And, um, it's a 20 year anniversary this year. And he's, um, he's pushing, a, a beverage cart from Boston all the way to, um, New York, you know, to September 11th. He's going to get there at Ground Zero on September 11th, you know, and uh, and he's doing that for the families, and he's, he's doing it, you know, for our charity too. And so uh, that's um, – if you guys have a – it's polypush.com. That's just my buddy. He's going to do that. He's doing that. He's going to probably leave in August, and he's going to end up at Ground Zero on September 11th, and uh, that's a pretty good thing he's doing. You know, that's um, – I'm pretty proud of him, but it's um, – <laughs> Two hundred and ten miles pushing a beverage crowd it doesn't seem like a lot of fun to me, but he's uh he's doing it and uh he's working hard at it. So it's it's all good stuff.
0: Well a part of my job is is helping people get over their addiction and a lot of them don't make it. So my hat off to you for overcoming uh-huh. everything
4: you've overcome. So you.
2: appreciate
4: that. Paul, go ahead. Well, this is a fantasy question, Kevin.
2: Okay.
4: I read I think I'm, I think this is right. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but Boston college was interested in, in you for both hockey and baseball. Yeah. Did you ever let your mind wander? I mean, I I think I'm biased because I'm a huge fan of yours. And I think you had a phenomenal career even with a devastating injury that probably a lot of people might not have got over, but had you ever let your mind wander and think about what kind of career you would have in baseball?
2: Yeah, I do. I, I really love baseball. It's funny. I was a catcher and, uh, I wanted to play, I, I thought I could go to BC and do both, but it was kind of my freshman year, we did pretty well. And the baseball season, team was like 11 games into the season. And it was like, you know, I knew if I didn't have spring training, if I, you know, hit, hit, hit is hard and catch, you know, I could catch whatever, but hit a baseball, so, you know, it's hard, at, you know, at that level sometimes. And I I was tired and I was like, I thought I could do it. And I kind of got away from it. And then it was, uh, you know, once you get away that one year, it's awful tough to jump back in again. So it was um but I do. I, I love baseball. I've always loved baseball and um it's a little crazy right now, the last couple of years basically, you know, I'm a huge Red Sox guy, but but the last uh last couple of years with all the stuff going on, it's been tough. But um yeah, i yeah, I, I love baseball and it's um hopefully it's back, you know, to where we get to good measures here. But I yeah, I was I was I was full throttle. I wanna play baseball, you know.
4: If you would have been catcher for the Red Sox, who would you have been catching? You would have been Clemens. Would that have been? the uh, Would that have been
2: Clemens and Pedro. If, if I could have ever caught Pedro, my goodness, that, yeah, would, have been, yeah. that
4: would have been. Can you
2: imagine? Yeah. That would have been. That would have been everything for me. right not, there. okay.
4: Between Kevin and Pe- or between Roger and Pedro, I'm not making light uh, of it. But you might have been injured again with <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know.
0: the
4: knuckleball from Wakefield. That yeah, yeah. Wakefield, I don't. I he could have uh, taken Mirabelli's position with weight because yeah, he was yeah.
2: <laughs> Mirabelli came in. I remember they, 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 he had he had uh, a police escort to get him in for that Yankee game. Yeah, yeah. he was
4: retired yeah. for a second. Oh, they needed
2: yeah. him they need Mirabelli <laughs> yeah. back. That was awesome.
4: I can't imagine what it's like catching a knuckleball. They had to get oh, him yeah. off a plane and rush uh, him over to the stadium. Yeah, no one
2: wants to catch that. That's, that's yeah. no one's catching the knuckleball. i read rather I'd rather catch Pedro throwing hundred miles an hour with the ball darting all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> catching, catching that knuckleball, Brian. Go ahead. So now I, I understand that you are
1: you with the Pittsburgh Penguins as a as a scout. Yeah. Um, so you played with Mario Lemieux. Now you work for Mario Lemieux. So how is that? How is? Um, how can you describe how that is uh, for now, you?
2: It's been it's been great. You know, he's um, Mario's. You know, Mario like he lets pretty much the, the, the hockey people run the hockey stuff. Everything that, you know, goes, everything that goes through Pittsburgh, but goes through him. You know, every, uh, every trade, everything, everything that we have to do, he finalizes a yes or no. And he, you know, he's, he's the final saying. He doesn't, he doesn't mix it all up. He doesn't mix the straw up. He, if he hears, if he, if he likes what we hear, if he, or if he likes someone that we want to get, he, he he'll tell us, you know, but he's, um, yeah, he's great. Like, he's laid back and he's, you know, he's done a great job with that team. You know, that team was supposed to, have, you guys know, that team should have been not even in Pittsburgh. You know, if it wasn't for him, there was, uh, there's no more Cups and that team somewhere else. You know, he stepped up to the plate and brought people there with him that could, you know, you know, the way it all worked out and the way he got the team, you know, it was pretty much deferred money they owed him, you know, and the team was in bankruptcy and they said, why don't you take the team? We don't have, we don't have the 42 million or 43 million to give you. Why don't you take part of the team? And that's what he did. And he turned that team into, a, yeah, worth what? Almost $900 million now. So it's, you know, so he's done a really good job. And, it's you know, it all comes with time until we were able to get Sid, we were able to get Malkin. You know, it was at the right times where we weren't good and, and they, they were in the right draft position. And, you know, that doesn't always happen, you know. But um, you got to give Mario all the credit in the world. He's the guy that pulled all this stuff off. And he was he was the guy that got the people to put the money up to keep that team you know in Pittsburgh was
0: it you who scouted Marino
2: yeah I scouted Marino yeah he was um he played with my son for a long time you know and uh and the amateur hockey out here we had we had a good team like we had that team that we played on had uh Marino Colin White on it and Noah Hannafin you know we we had uh we had a really good team and uh it was like a 97-born team. And we, we had eight – I think we had eight kids that, drafted off. That team played together for like six or seven years. And, you know, it was us. So we were the South Shore King. It was us, the Marlies. You know, the team – Kachuk's team in St. Louis. You know, those are the teams that, you know, we battled. with And, um, yeah, that was um, – and John was um, – he was a Harvard guy. You know, he was at Harvard. And um, he was drafted by Edmonton. You know, and I I, I knew he wasn't – he didn't want to go that way. You know, and it was kind of like um, – so we were able to pull the trade off, and you know that, that worked out. It worked out good for us. I knew he was, you know, John's a good, steady player. You know, smart, strong, skates well, and uh, he fit right in. He, you know, he's, he he did it all. He, you know, you got to give him all the credit in the world. He uh, he jumped on the opportunity, and did a great job.
0: So I want to I want to take you to the two thousand and one season. There, after everything you had been through, you, you're playing on the Flyers. The Penguins bring you back. Yeah. So I mean. What was that like? I mean, that was Mario's season coming out of retirement. Yeah. They bring Kevin Stevens back. You guys make it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. what did it mean
2: to you to be brought back to Pittsburgh? Yeah, that was awesome. They had, they had the, yeah. Like I said, there was a lot happened between the last time I was there and like you know a lot of stuff. Like you know, you got you know, a lot of it was out there in the news. You don't, have to, I don't have to tell you, but you know that was the struggles I had. That was that time, you know, and um. Yeah, to show the the faith they had and bring me back, and we we got always, you know, we beat Buffalo there in that seventh game in overtime, and you know, with Hasek and there, uh, Casperotas scored. He hadn't scored a goal. yeah. He hadn't scored a goal all uh, year. He hadn't been over the red line all year. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, you know? and then uh, he took a shot that went in. That was like a miracle to everybody. But that was that was a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the greatest thing ever when he scored. Like yeah. You know, no one knew when that thing when that red light when I was saying, is that light to one? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, he was great. And, uh, no, very grateful to come back then. That was, uh, that made a good, like, you know, that, that was fun. Adams, go ahead.
3: So I want to take you to uh, game one of uh, the Blackhawks-Stanley Cup finals. Pittsburgh, you know, we go down four to one. Yeah. We come back and we win that game. Man, tell me, tell me what it was like that game and yeah. the atmosphere, and what was going on on the bench and the locker room when you guys were down. Yeah, that was um, that was one of those
2: games. We lost, um, we lost a lot of game ones, and and it was that game there was you know I remember, you know we got three goals here in the third, like it was kind of um, and Mario got the remember Mario won it. They he, there wasn't a person on him with twelve seconds left. They left him wide open, like with you know ten feet, he had to score an open net and. Uh, yeah, that was um that was an amazing time like that was that was one of those games that just, you know the iglo was going crazy you know that's that's when buildings were building. you know the buildings are great now whatever like him you, know, you see you see in Long Island that's the building we played in you know that's those are the buildings that, you know people fans are fans and they're, they're animals you know'm like I long Island too uh, yeah from 93 when we're going for our cup we're up four to two. Going into the third period, you know. And um they um they got four goals in the third, they beat a six four to the fourth game seven back in Pittsburgh, you know. And then that's then we lose we lose in overtime that night, you know. And that's that's the night I kinda smashed my face up in the first shift, But when well, we're up I remember sitting in that locker room up four two and saying, you know, we gotta get we gotta beat these guys now, you know. And um they got four goals and then that's when the, that place that building almost come you're know, talking about it loud now, it's just seen it that building almost come down that night. I'll tell you that one. That was uh, was the end of uh, our run, too. So that was tough, you know.
0: I want to remind everybody to go to powerforward25.com. You can read up about Kevin on there and his charity. Throw some money out there. I'm sure they're going to put it towards a really good cause. We want to thank Kevin Stevens for joining (laughs) us tonight. I mean, that just probably made all four of our days. (laughs) Uh, I appreciate that. And Uh, uh, I just want to Tell everybody, continue watching. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe. We've got so many members on the Facebook group page. Let's get those people to subscribe as well to the YouTube and the Spotify and the iHeart and the Google Podcasts. Get it everywhere, guys. So thank you for joining us tonight. God bless.